Welcome back to Fisher Link, a podcast presented by Fisher Inc. Magazine for the Fisher College of Business to highlight stories in and around Ohio State that you may not have heard about. I am Andrew Shihata, the Vice President of Podcast for Fisher Inc. Today, we will be speaking with our guest, Dr. Sodero, a Fisher professor who is an expert on supply chain management. Our discussion will focus on the new Yandex food delivery robots and their impact on campus. Thank you for coming on the show today, Doctor. Do you mind telling us about where you're from and sharing your areas of research? Thank you very much, Andrew, and hello, everybody. I am originally from Brazil. That's where I got my degree in computer sciences, and that's where I founded a company, a high-tech company that provided services and software for transportation companies. Uh, after selling my company, I went to the UK to get a master's degree in supply chain management. And eventually I came here to the US to get my PhD also in supply chain management. And because of this background, I have focused my research a lot on technology, but also in retail. So excited to have this conversation around platforms, robots, technology, and supply chain management. Yeah, so it's uh, been a bit of a journey for you to get to where you are today, but I'm glad you've had a lot of success in the past and more to come. Um, So when you first saw these robots, what was your initial reaction? And did you know about them before the general students? Yeah, I was actually not surprised at all because I had seen these robots elsewhere, uh, other types of technologies, particularly Starship in Europe and here in the United States. Uh, But one thing that I liked about seeing them here at the Ohio State University campus was that we were not being used as a test field because in all other sites where I saw these robots, they were still experimenting with the technology. And typically when uh, we think about Columbus, we see this area here where we live as a, an, a test site, right? Because Columbus represents pretty well the demographics uh, of the United States. So we see organizations testing ideas, testing uh, products because of the demographics. Uh, But it was not the case with the Andex robots, which were fully deployed uh, here in our campus. So you're you're glad that we have like a a fully fledged technology just ready to go without any um, risks of like the experimentation period? Absolutely, there was no experimentation. So now we are profiting and obtaining, gaining the benefits of this technology. That's of course not to say that there will be changes over time, right? But we are already gaining something that has been matured over the years. And I know that there's other companies that have this uh, technology, but Ohio State was the first university to specifically use Yandex delivery drones through Grubhub. So what are some of the differences from the Starship drones or uh, the other companies that are on other campuses? There will be, uh, for the users, particularly the students, there will be minor differences. There are differences in terms of how you use it, how you open it for those who are deploying the technology here on campus, a little bit in terms of the cost, the the operations, but not major uh, visible differences. However, I'd like to call your attention to key differences, which are those that we don't see and we don't know. Because when you have, uh, on one hand, Yandex, on the other hand, you have Starship, we are talking about 
the device, right? The, the robot, the proper robot. But we're also talking about the algorithms and the software that goes underneath it, behind it. And that's sort of black box for us. And that's the kind of thing that we need to keep an eye on because we are just seeing the thing operating happening, delivering services to us, but we don't know what goes under the hood. And I think that's something that us as a society, as users, as stakeholders, we might be concerned with. So there could be privacy concerns maybe with the data they use or uh, the specific methods that they utilize to traverse the terrain. Like what, what are some concerns with not understanding the algorithm um, completely? Yeah, you are absolutely correct. Uh, there is all the information that's captured when these robots is are walking or uh, moving around campus because they're collecting all sensorial information, not only in terms of sounds, uh, visuals using their cameras, but also processing all the data, all the additional data in terms of the purchases that are being made, the movements of, of people, the kinds of products that are being delivered, uh, who are you? right and i think this is the, the 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 key point that we as a society need to keep an eye on that goes beyond just the convenience of having these devices moving around and delivering goods and services to us yeah and then going past privacy concerns are there any safety concerns you see with these rovers driving around i've seen videos posted uh, from Ohio State students of them driving downstairs and like crashing almost um, in certain areas. And I see them get stuck in a sidewalk sometimes. Uh, how do you think that's going to affect the public view of the robots? Absolutely. Uh, this is not only for robots, but uh, new technologies in general. Uh, typically, regulation lags uh, the development and the deployment of technologies. So these robots, think about what they're doing. They're moving around campus. So they need to follow, for example, traffic loss, right? They need to respect the, the people who are walking around campus. Uh, and uh, these things need to be somehow regulated. So I see that the concerns that we're going to have are going to be related to who is responsible to regulate if this is an attribution of uh, administrators here at the university or even people uh, at the, the legislative chamber here in Ohio or uh, in the Franklin County or uh, in Columbus. I think that we want to see technology. We want to uh, be able to use technology on campus, but that, that needs needs to go hand in hand with what's acceptable by society, including what is permitted by law. Yeah, it's tough to regulate something that's just come out. And one thing that I am happy to see is that the robots seem to have a very conservative algorithm, like safety wise, like they'll stop several feet away from you and they'll wait completely until after you've passed them to then resume driving, which of course, that hurts efficiency a little bit, but I am happy as a consumer to see that they're more cautious with their movements. Absolutely. And you bring an important point, which is that you see that these robots 
are used to deliver a particular service and product to a specific population, the population of students. But they're not living in isolation. We are on a campus where there are many more people, people who work here, who pass by here. And all of us, we are affected by this service being provided to the students, right? So it is important to take this into consideration. And then going back to students, so... Students mainly are the only people who can use these drones because it's designed specifically for the dining halls. And an interesting point to bring up is that all of the dining halls are within walking distance from any residence hall. So what's the use of the drones if you could just walk to get your food? That's a good question. But note, um, the the robots are not replacing uh, the the pleasure or the activity that you have going to um, obtain a product or a service, right? They are a complement. So it will, there will be situations when you cannot go because of the weather, because of uh, some physical limitation, because of some specific restriction, such as for, you can even think about a pandemic that locks people uh, in their dorm rooms, right? So it complements, it provides you that convenience when you cannot enjoy a, a particular activity. This is what sometimes we call the complementarity of services in omnichannel retail. When there is an activity that complements that provides additional value to other activities that logistics activities that are provided to you. You can receive last mile deliveries in many ways, and this is just one of them. And do you think that the drones almost expand the consumer base for some of these restaurants? Like in my experience, I live in North Campus, and sometimes I want to go get food from Mirror Lake Eatery, but it's a 20-minute walk each way, and let's say 10 minutes for waiting, um, it ends up being almost an hour by the time I'm, I'm back eating in my room. So I've noticed that I'm able to get food from there more frequently than before because of the drones. It delivers it while it can still be productive in other ways. Do you think uh, that's an intended use for it or um, is it just a, a, an extra side effect? No, I see it, it as a convenience for you uh, because it, you're busy or there is a restriction, there is a limitation uh, that doesn't allow you. And uh, the time, right? The time is value. Let's say when it's final, um, final exams week, you're going to be super busy. You're going to need that. And we are talking right now about food, but you may consider when you think about convenience, all the needs that you have of other kinds of products that you're going to need, particularly when you're going to be extremely busy, that you will want to save time. So I would use the word convenience uh, to describe how these robots can be used on campus to provide you uh, additional services and goods. And when they are providing that convenience to us, oftentimes each individual robot is gonna have to drive several miles per day so does that have a high operating cost associated with it? And I've also seen that they've had to reuse real estate within some of these buildings to accommodate the housing for the robots and the charging and the service of them. So do they have a high cost? They absolutely do. So let's try to break this down a little bit. Actually, the 
highest cost that these robots have is the intellectual property and the software that goes underneath the hood. So these are the kinds of things that we're not going to see, right? And right now we're talking specifically about Yandex uh, partnering with Grubhub. There are differences when you move across, uh, across technologies. There will be different costs, particularly because of who owns that particular technology. So over time, we are going to see changes here on campus. It may not maybe may not only Yandex working with Grubhub, but it may be even Starship working with a different company. But that company that owns those robots, it has its own costs, but it can also impose costs to you because it can charge different prices depending on how their costs are structured and depending on the types of products and services that they're providing to you. Right. So this is one thing. The other one is what you're mentioning in terms of the long distances and where these robots are staged. This is a critical problem in logistics, because what we want to do is to lower the cost of that individual delivery. How can we do that? Well, first of all is, as you described, where you position those robots, how much they move, but also how many deliveries those robots are going to make. So the closer you can position the facilities where these robots are staged to the students, the less these robots are, will have to move uh, around campus and the more deliveries each robot will be able to make. So not only food, but also uh, notebooks, uh, pens, paper, uh, books, whatever that can be delivered together, that's going to lower that operating cost. It's not going to remove the sunk costs, the fixed cost of the technology itself, which, as I just mentioned, are the highest costs that this technology has and that difference uh, that differs across providers. So the, the goal essentially with these, the efficiency of the cost of the deliveries is to try and get the lowest variable cost per item delivered, essentially. Is that is that right? That's absolutely correct. So a single robot making more deliveries, then it doesn't matter the distance that this robot is traveling as long as it, it matters, of course, but it, it, it doesn't matter if you're positioning uh, its staging site closer to the residence halls and it's making as many deliveries as possible. And so when we're talking about getting as many deliveries as possible, can weather prevent them from delivering sometimes? Like what's going to happen when it's snowing or raining, or I even saw leaves on the sidewalk from the landscaping the other day. And some of the robots were kind of having trouble navigating that. How is the environment going to affect the efficiency of these deliveries? We will see that improving. We talked about this at the beginning of our conversation that, our campus is not being used as an, a test site, right? But at the same time, the technology is evolving and it is not guaranteed that it is going to be, it's, it's not that it's not guaranteed. I can guarantee to you that the technology will change. We will see different types of robots being used on campus either from Yandex or other providers. So over time, these kinds of barriers or limitations of the technology will be overcome. Yeah, something they could even do to like maintain the fixed costs they already put in, but 
increase the efficiency during winter months was maybe put snow tires on it or something. Maybe we'll see a solution like that in the near future just to make sure that they'll get those deliveries through. We should, we, we definitely should see that. And so ground drones are one topic, but what about aerial drones? Do you think we'll see aerial drones on campus in the near future? And would they be used for a different purpose than these currently are? I actually think we're going to see aerial drones on campus. And this ties back to what we have been discussing during this conversation, which is we already have the technology. And the use of aerial drones has already been approved in some countries. So the question is going to be now, on our campus, when will this technology come? There, there will be demand students may or may not like, so we will have to take into consideration what the students want. We will have to take into consideration with what the larger population that uh, moves around campus wants. And then who is going to be responsible to approve, to legislate and to control that? Is it going to be the admins? Is it going to be Franklin County, Columbus, or is it going to be the, the, the legislative, legislative chamber here in Ohio. So the point is, we do have the technology. Aerial drones are complementary. We know that people have concerns, but all of these things will have to be to, to, come, to, to come together. The convenience, uh, the interests of the society at large, and just the trade-offs between the benefits and the risks of using this technology. The bottom line is, I can guarantee to you, this technology will be used on campus pretty soon. And so do you think there's any precedent right now? Are there any universities that are currently use it? Or are we going to have to wait and see that testing phase that you were talking about earlier? That's a great question. I hope we're going to see uh, the test phase um, first. But in my view, based on what I have seen from the adoption of new technology, once that is tested, once that is approved, it is going to be fully deployed across the country, just like the ground robots that we see right now that are present in hundreds of institutions. The, the adaptation was so quick from Ohio State because I remember we had our conversation last year about uh, the more broad a market of drone delivery and everything. And you'd mentioned the Starship drones and I got back to campus this year and I saw Yandex driving around everywhere. So uh, it, the aerial drones may be sooner than we uh, think right now. We need to look elsewhere. Um, and we, we see this being used uh, in Europe and in Asia. So we know it is coming. And who doesn't like to see those robots? They're, they're cool, they're kind of cool, right? There are problems, there are issues associated with that, but these things are inevitable. So what we need to consider is technology is there, technology is ready, we know it's coming. So we need to work together as a society to make the best use of this technology. And as that technology does expand, you know, currently... It's very centralized on campus through Grubhub, through the dining hall, through Ohio State. Are we going to maybe see other private businesses try and use that um, 
without the affiliation of Ohio State and trying to get that approval to have, you know, maybe UPS packages or FedEx or um, DoorDash may have something try to come that's not through Ohio State. How do you think that's going to play out? That will happen. Um, and, and then we need, to, we need to consider what are the limits of the use of different and multiple technologies on campus because you don't want to see uh, the campus crowded with this. So I bring back the points that I have made throughout this conversation, which is these need to be tightly and carefully controlled and legislated because we do want that. We want multiple players to bring convenience to ourselves, but at the same time, we want to live and work in uh, a, a place that is suitable for all of us. Yeah, and I think there's some, you can kind of see some of this conflict with the scooters on campus, even like there's um, Lime scooters and other brands like that. And they've had to introduce new restrictions to them. Like you can't drive them on the oval. It has like a GPS lock on that area. And those, those items were kind of just placed on campus by the companies, you know, for us to use. And there have definitely been some safety concerns with that. So uh, competition is always a good thing for innovation, but you need to sometimes slow it down to make sure it's going at a safe pace for everyone. Yes, exactly. Let's not shy away from innovation and from new technologies, but let's bear in mind that these things are here to help us to make our lives better, not to complicate our lives. And is this like a new precedent that could be um, maybe poor for humanity in the future? Maybe you know, this is more of a broad uh, question, but if you see like the movie WALL-E, everyone's sitting in their chair all day. Is it that dramatic yet? Or do you see it getting to that point in the future? <laughs> I have seen the movie and I, I must confess that I liked it. <laughs> but yeah. it depicts a grim, a grim future for us. Let's hope we will not get there. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Annabelle. <laughs> thank you. And that's it for this episode of Fisher Link. Fisher Link is presented by Fisher Inc., the student-run magazine for the Fisher College of Business. I'm Andrew Shihata, the Vice President of Podcasts for Fisher Inc., and I would like to thank Charlotte Geary, the President of Fisher Inc., for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed listening, please leave a review, check out our past episodes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Fisher Inc. Mag for updates on future episodes. Fisher Link is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and on go.osu.edu slash Fisher Inc., where you can stay informed on all things Fisher. Thanks so much for listening, and go Bucks.